Welcome to Illuminated by You, raising mental health awareness and reducing stigma. We're your hosts, Katherine Cottom and Joanne Phipps. Information provided through Illuminated by You's website, blog, and podcast are for informational purposes only designed for the general education of the consumer. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have about a medical condition. Never disregard the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider or delay in seeking it because of anything you heard on Illuminated by You's podcast, read on Illuminated by You's website, or saw on any of Illuminated by You's social media sites. So today we're going to be talking about anxiety and social anxiety which we both have in heaps and bounds. Um, One of the first things I wanted to talk about was like the difference between normal worry and anxiety that is clinical. Yes. It's kind of like when we talked about sadness versus depression because a lot of people think because they're nervous or they have moments where they're anxious that they have anxiety just like when they're sad they are like, oh my gosh, I have depression and that's not the case normal amounts of nervousness is a part of life but clinical anxiety when you get into clinical anxiety or anxiety disorders that's when it becomes really disruptive to your life and that can happen in a number of different ways joanne why don't you list a few um, so back when i had like I don't know, 80,000, 85,000 followers on Instagram. Catherine made a joke about how when I got to 100,000 Instagram followers that she was going to have a party. And I said, that's fine as long as it's only me and you that are going. Um, It's not that I don't like other people per se. I just, social situations make me extraordinarily physically sick. Um, I just took a trip to Florida and... Knowing that I was going to be away from my own home, the traveling, I got basically like a social anxiety hangover. When we got there, I immediately went to bed. It was like seven o'clock at night. I missed the whole first night that we were there. I had a migraine. I was throwing up. So it's really like debilitating and it kind of, I have to work my life around the fact that my social anxiety is so bad that it gives me physical symptoms Mm -hmm. and like one of the symptoms for me is panic attacks and I think that's something that we share (laughs) Um, but for example I had um, a blood clot in 2015 and I had like a really teeny tiny pulmonary embolism uh, which is when a piece of it breaks off and goes into your lungs. And it was really scary, and my chest hurt, and I couldn't breathe, and I was dizzy, and my legs hurt, and it was really scary and confusing. Well, for months after that, I would have several panic attacks in a single day because I thought I was having another pulmonary embolism and I thought I was dying. And when you have a panic attack, I mean, it's different for every person. But for me, like, my arms will go numb and tingly, and I'll think that I'm dying. Like, I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm dying in my head. The script is going, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. What's happening? I'm dying. And eventually, I'm able to sort of be like, okay, this is just a panic attack. You have had 
a million of these, you can handle this. But panic attacks are really, really scary and something that a lot of people with anxiety go through. And they're really, like, physically draining on you as well. Like, when I have panic attacks, my whole body tightens up. And then, like, for days afterwards, I feel like I ran a marathon. Not that I've ever run a marathon because (laughs) (laughs) it's not really my thing. But I know that I never want to run a marathon because of how I feel, like, the day after um, having a panic attack. And for me, I know, like, my social anxiety, it even translates to... The way that I interact with people, like, even online or, like, if I have a phone call coming up, like, I'll get physically sick when the time gets closer to that phone call. If I know someone's calling me at 9.30, then at, like, 9 o'clock, I'm, like, physically sick. Or if I, I mean, I know everyone's not going to like me, but I have this idea that, like, you don't have to like someone, but you don't have to voice that opinion. And it's very hard when you're on social media, you're on Instagram, and you, like, find yourself with more followers because there's always going to be someone that doesn't like what you're saying, that doesn't like what you're posting, and that's fine. Unfollow them. Unfollow me. It doesn't make a difference, but you don't have to be rude. Like, you don't have to say, I don't like you, I think you're disgusting, whatever, and then unfollow them. Like, for me, that gives me really bad anxiety. Like, today, this girl got on my page and she was so rude, just rude, and I commented back and I was like, she said something about how dare you be, like, body positive or some nonsense. And I was like, how dare you be so judgmental, you know? And I was like, if you want to unfollow me, that's fine. But you don't have to be a rude asshole on your way out. Like, there's enough rude people in the world. And, like, even things like that. Like, I don't know this girl. She doesn't know me. I'll never talk to her again. Even that gives me social anxiety. Like, that makes me sick to my stomach, dealing with people like that. Um, I'm part of a movie meetup group. Meetup is this app and this website where you can like join different groups based on uh, interests that you share with people, which is really cool and it's amazing and I love it. And I've met some really great people that way. I missed like two movie meetups, one or two, because I was out of town. And there's one tomorrow. And so like I'm anxious about it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like it's it's about like re-entering the group is scary to well, me. Well, and you don't know what's happened in two weeks. There could be like new members. Well, and it was, I mean, it was only I was gone for like three days. Yeah, <laughs> but, a lot can happen in three days. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's this new, well, I think it's new website I just discovered called themighty.com, and I printed out this article that's 21 Nervous Habits of People with Social Anxiety. I'm pretty sure we probably have like 23 of the 21, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to read all of them, but there's one that just really spoke to me, which is totally, I just want to read it. It's from Clara B. She says, constantly leaving unnecessarily early to get to places or events. <laughs> And then wandering around the area. Really, I'm looking for a home base or a safe place I can retreat to to feel comfortable. I'm also noting all the exits. I'm also hyper aware of people entering and leaving a room or gathering, so I frequently glance toward the door, even during conversations. I'm not trying to be distracted. My anxiety makes me very sensitive to any changes in a social situation. I would just like to throw out, first of all, for those of you listening to our podcast, we are instagramming and facebook live now as we record but for those of you who aren't watching us when she said the first sentence of that she just looked at me like, <laughs> I, well, we both do it we both do i it. am like 
if I have to be somewhere, like, at a certain time, like, whatever is happening in my life, like, the week before that, like, forget about it. Like, it's not happening. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be freaking out. I won't sleep. Um, I found out I had to take a class on campus, and it's, like, 25-minute drive. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, I'm 28 years Let's old. Let's talk about when this is happening. Yeah, it's happening May 22nd. So it's getting closer now. Yeah. But it's been a problem for a like while. Like two weeks. And I'm like, I'm 28 years old. It's, it's been 20... a problem for more than two weeks. Well, no, I didn't find out about the class until two weeks okay. ago. But I'm like, I'm 28 years old and it's 25 minutes down the road. But I'm like, if I go this way, then I can stop like 28 places. But if I go this route, then it's like five minutes shorter. But then I'd have to get off like an interstate exit. And it, well, come to find out now, I'm super pissed because I can't even take the class because I'm missing a prereq. So I'm, like, mad now because I spent two weeks, like, physically sick. Really, really sick. Yeah, like, I couldn't, I didn't talk to people. Like, I didn't want to be around other people. I was just like, ugh. This one person has a really good idea. Um, she says she always takes off her glasses when she talks to people. Because if she can't see people properly, then she feels way less nervous. I feel like I shouldn't do that while driving. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I should. No, not while you're driving, but it's it's a thing that I could try. Um, so we had a guest blog this week by Alyssa Cousins. 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 Okay. On why being fearless is bullshit. And if you have not read it yet, you should go read it. But I want to share this quote from it. It says, bravery comes in all shapes and sizes and all situations. Sometimes it sounds like a whisper. Sometimes it sounds like a freight train. No matter how it decides to speak to you, the key is simply to listen and decide if you're ready to take a chance with fear, no doubt, somewhere nearby huddled in the corner. Um, I would like to say that um, I met Alyssa. She's a friend of mine. I connected with her on Instagram. She was working for a brand that I was working with at the time. And now we're just kind of personal friends. But she is actually, and I love this idea because me and you have the five-minute journal. She actually just launched on Instagram. It's at the journal deck. Um, Which I happen to have a paper about yes. right here. And it is amazing. It's about to go to Kickstarter. But it's basically prompts to get you journaling for people who want to be more serious about their journaling or for people like myself like I have a really hard time journaling I want to journal and I love to journal when I'm like in the mood but like if I don't know what to journal about or I don't have an idea like I won't journal for like months it says this deck seeks to take you a step further in living your best life practicing self-care and finding clarity by taking inspired action through writing in your journal and I also want to mention that uh, Alyssa has a podcast, mm -hmm. which I did not know until earlier today. It's called the Self-Care Spotlight Podcast. Badass women all dedicated to self-care. Listen in. And they've already got three episodes. I will be on it eventually as well. Um, and she also, if you happen to be in the Pittsburgh area, because I know some of my family listens in, she does teach. She has retreats that she does in the Pittsburgh area. Um, she has a lot of good, positive um, wellness things happening. So when you're anxious, and it's not like panic attack anxious, it's just like, you know, medium level anxious. So like every, like every, every day. day. <laughs> yeah, well, all what, day, every day. What does that feel like to you? Um, For me, it's kind of like, 
I always feel as though I'm forgetting something. And I always feel like I should be doing something that I'm not. Like, I never have that feeling of completeness anymore. Or that, you know, like, when I take a break, I feel like I haven't earned that break. Or that I shouldn't be taking that break because I should be doing other things. And, like, we talked about before, I am a list maker. And I make lists of my lists. And then I make lists of lists that I need to make for lists that I need to make. Mm -hmm. And, like, even when my to-do list is completely done... I'm like, shit, I'm forgetting something. I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing. But also, like, motherhood, because I'm constantly doing something, it kind of just adds to that because it's like by the time you wash, fold, and put away laundry, like, there's dirty clothes in the, the hamper again, and that's kind of how my anxiety is, but with everything in my life. Mm -hmm. I feel like I could have 100 things on my to-do list, and when I get down to having 99 done and I'm on that last thing, someone's like, here's 25 more things to do. For me, um, it pops up in a lot of different ways, but one of them is that I'm sort of obsessed with death. Like, I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of people I love dying. I'm terrified of River dying. We already talked about this. River and Rylan are both living for forever. For forever. Um, but I, like, today, it was raining. I was driving. Not a Ooh. good combination. <laughs> I've been afraid to drive in the rain since I began driving. Um... But, like, today I'm driving and I'm on the interstate, so in the speed limit 65, so I'm going 65, and the thought pops into my head from driver's ed in high school about how the probability of you dying from a car crash increases, like, exponentially if you're going over 55. And so I get in the right-hand lane, <laughs> and I didn't slow all the way down to 55, but I did, I did slow it down a little bit. Um, no one ever wants to ride. No one wants to be driving when it's raining and I'm in the car. No, no. one. Because I'll be like, can you please go 15 or under? Um, here's another thing from The Mighty. It's 24 quotes that show what it's really like to live with anxiety. And I want to share some of these. Um, this person says, anxiety keeps me awake at night. It keeps me a prisoner in my home. Anxiety makes me feel like a failure. It has taken away my self-worth. Anxiety makes me feel uncomfortable and nervous. Anxiety has taken away friends, family, opportunities, my life. This next one, I would like you to read. I really identify with it. Anxiety is like having tabs opening very quickly on your computer, one after another, and not being able to close them or stop new ones from opening up, but in your head. It happens while working, taking care of kids, driving, answering questions, and a million other things that people do in a day. There are more on the back. And I'm clearly a little anxious right now. Anxiety um, is like an adrenaline rush without the actual roller coaster. Heart races, palm sweat, knees get weak. You have all the physical symptoms of a thrill ride, but your brain has no actual vent to tie the symptoms to. So what River's doing right now is called deep pressure therapy, and it's a grounding technique. And she climbed up in my lap because I got anxious. I feel like um, she's trying to get both of us. She is. She's trying to help you out, too. Um, but this is one of the things that she was trained to do by the dog trainer to be a psychiatric service dog. And actually, I want to talk about that a little bit because I do have bipolar disorder, but most of River's tasks are actually related to my anxiety. Like, you saw her lick my face, and she'll do that if I get really anxious, or she'll do that if I have a panic attack. Like, one time she stopped a panic attack. Um, by licking me, by grounding me, by bringing me back to the here and now, 
or she'll lay down behind me if I'm in a line or next to me if I'm in a crowd to keep people from getting too close to me if there are too many people near me. Are there any of those, any others of those that you really... Yeah, I like this last one. It says, I often thought of anxiety as standing in a water tank. Sometimes you're in a puddle, sometimes it's knee level but still bearable, but there are days when the water level rises up too quickly and too high and you're struggling to stay afloat. This one says it's like walking through a field of landmines with one clear path, but with every step, the path changes and you have no idea when the mines will explode. Every step is uncertain. It makes you second guess everything in your life, which is totally true. I left my house and ran a few errands and then went to therapy before I came here. (laughs) Well, this is what it's like. So this big blue microphone that I don't know if you can see. Yeah, you can see it. Um was in my backpack. I put it in my backpack. I know I put it in my backpack. You triple checked that it was in I your backpack. triple checked that it was in my backpack. I'm driving around thinking, oh my God, is the microphone in my backpack? Did I leave the podcast supplies at home? I didn't, but I second guess everything. Like turning out the lights or making sure that the oven is turned off or locking the car door. That's a big one for me. Um, <laughs> I have this really bad thing about... So, Violin is, like, rowdy and rambunctious and, like, so full of energy when we're here. But when we're in the car, he's so calm and quiet. And I'll get, like, on the rare occasion that I leave, I'll get, like, a mile or two of the road. And I'm like, did I put my kid in the car? Is he standing in the driveway? Like, and then I'll look back there. And, like, I know that I put him. I've never left my, let me just put that. I've never left my child somewhere. Never. And then another five minutes go by and he's so quiet. And, again, I looking in the rearview mirror, making sure that he's back there and that, like, he's alive or, like, if he's asleep, I'm, like, kicking at his feet and stuff to, like, wake him up to make sure that he's still alive and breathing. I do that with River as well in the car. And, like, at night, if she's too still, I wake her up. (laughs) Mom (laughs) life. Which I'm sure, I'm sure she loves. But if she's too still, I, like, start shaking her to make sure that she's alive. When Rylan was a newborn all the time. I'd go in there and, like, poke at him and stuff because it's just, like, SIDS and, like, everything else. And even now, like, I love when Rylan sleeps in the bed with me because, like, he's there and I know that he's safe because now he's a wanderer. We have, like, right here we have a window and only the bottom half of it opens, but it's, like, a floor-to-ceiling window and he has, like, pushed the screen partial way out. So I'm, like, in the middle of the night waking up, like, oh, my God. Like, if he's not in the bed with me, what if he, like, somehow remembered that that window's there and that he could, like, climb out of it. And for whatever reason, even though he's afraid of the dark, he decided tonight was the night that he's going to wander off. Because you, like, read stories about that all the time where a four- or five-year-old will wander off in the house in winter and then they find him frozen in in the woods, like, three miles from their house a couple days later. And the difference between a person who worries and a person with anxiety is that we will fixate on those stories. People with anxiety disorders will fixate on those stories and think, oh my God, that's going to happen. Like, not once or twice. For forever. We will think that for a very long time. I took Rylan back home up to Philadelphia when he was like four or five months old. So it's been like five years now because it was April after he was born. And not long after we left, they had a really bad windstorm. And where my grandmother lives, they have. Um, the Perkyoman, which is like 
a creek or river or whatever. Well, people drowned in it all the time. But they have these really nice, beautiful walking trails that go back in the woods along the river. And a woman was out there with her children. And while they were walking, like, a gust of wind came through. And a fluke of the universe or whatever you want to call it, a tree branch broke off from up above, came down and impaled the kid in the head and killed him. And, like, I cannot... That's a horrible story. Yeah, I cannot, like, every single time that it's windy out, I'm like, nope, we're not going anywhere. And Josh's like, it's fine, it's fine. I'm like, nope, it's not. We're not, we're not going. And I'm just like, when I go back up there with him, I'm like, I'm not walking him along the river. Like, um, when I was in high school, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And my nighttime routine was just ridiculous. So I would go through the house, and I the lights had to be turned off in a certain order. And I had to turn them off and on three times. And then I would get up to my room after having gone through the whole house and doing the whole house that way. And I would get to my room. I would turn the light in the hallway on, turn the light in my room on, the light in the hallway off go into my room, turn my lamp on, go back, turn my light in my room off, go back, get in bed, turn a flashlight on, turn the lamp off, shine the flashlight around the room three times, then I could turn it off, and then I could go to bed. So there are several different types of anxiety disorders, and that is one of them. Um, So we've got social anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, PTSD, Obsessive compulsive disorder. What what are you laughing at? <laughs> okay, so first of all, thanks for everyone that's tuning in on Instagram and commenting. I am reading them. That's what I got up to do. But <laughs> some people are like, okay, so first of all, the topic is anxiety and social anxiety. Some people are like, F anxiety, this, that, and the other, but then there's always a random person. Can you twerk? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, inappropriate comments from the Instagram side. Thankfully, none from my family and friends on Facebook. (laughs) Hi, Heather. Okay. Okay, this one's good, too. Um, From the list of things that anxiety is like imagine being at the mall with your three-year-old child but you turn around and they have disappeared imagine the level of panic you would experience some days every single thing feels like that no rhyme or reason it just does and you can't turn it off here's a fun anxiety story for you so i take online distance education classes through unc charlotte and normally we have like a group presentation or like a solo presentation and when you're distance education you present through your computer kind of like Skype but you have to turn your webcam on (laughs) and so I have this thing where it's like that makes me really anxious and sick so I like today I have a nice top on but I never dress completely nicely (laughs) because I feel like like yesterday I had this really in-depth long it was like 45 minute long group presentation and, like, from the waist up, I looked like I was the CEO of something. And then, like, from the waist down, it was, like, hold up. Yoga sweat pants. Because it's just, like, 
when you put those pants on or that skirt or whatever, like, you know that, like, you're about to do some real professional shit. And I'm just like, nope, I can't do it. Like, I get anxious enough putting, like, a nice top on and, like, washing my hair. And I can't, I can't do the head-to-toe thing because that would just make my anxiety, like, through the roof. What are some other things that make you anxious? Everything. No, like, specifically. Um, I get anxious over driving. Um... Even if I don't, like, I talk a lot about if I have somewhere that I have to be at a certain time, like doctor's appointments, classes, whatever, I get anxious over that. But driving in general, I get really anxious about. Um, How long was the period of time when you just, like, couldn't leave your house? Oh, yeah. Because there, like was, there was months. a while. I couldn't even walk out to my mailbox, which is, like, 50 yards from the front door for a while. That was for about two weeks. And then it got to where I could, like ride in the car but only like a mile or trip the road to like Walmart but it had to be like really quick while I was in there and even now like I mean Friday I went out and did a bunch of stuff ran a bunch of errands I was gone for probably like five or six hours and then Saturday like I felt like crap all day because it was like that social anxiety hangover and then I like Sunday I was like I don't want to go anywhere like I can't do it so it's constantly like like having one of those old school scales but you can never ever ever no matter what you do get it exactly balanced right yeah but yeah driving um leaving my home basically uh going out to eat places public speaking obviously um I mean basically anything that involves me interacting with other people outside of like my living room gives me anxiety yeah I was, I remember at the first movie meetup that I went to, I was so anxious because it was going to be all new people. I'd never yeah. met any of them and it turned out great, but I was so scared. And every time there's a new person, they've always been nice, lovely people. But every but time there's like a new the person, I'm like, ah. you're like, what if they don't like me? What if they think I'm weird? But then you're also like, I'm like, and then I'm 30. like, of course they're going to think I'm weird. I'm weird. Yeah. I'm like, well, I am weird, but then I'm like. And I don't care because, like, I'm almost 30. Like, I don't care what people think about me. But then I'm also like, but I really do want them to like me. <laughs> yeah. Like, please like me. I'm like, please, please, please like, like me. Us. And if you don't like me, tell me why so we can fix it. <laughs> yeah. Social anxiety. Yeah. But I really, like, lately, and some people have said that maybe I'm a little cruel or that I'm mean or something. But I've been really selective with the friendships that I've decided to keep. Um, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where, like you, the people who, the people who are most deserving of my forgiveness are the people like you who are never going to have to ask for it. It's kind of my philosophy in life right now. And people lately have done some things that are just like, so cruel on such like the basic compassionate human basis that like that's it like I immediately am done with them on all walks of life like I'm not going to talk to you anymore you're going to be blocked from my phone I don't want to see your social media posts anymore like I'm just done and I just feel like because of social anxiety like I don't want to put time and effort into people who know that I have such issues with anxiety and that they're gonna do outright things that even if I didn't have anxiety they're just cruel things like a friend of mine who I was friends with for years and years like a decade we were best friends in college 
all of a sudden she's going through personal issues or whatever, but she texts me like, we can't be friends anymore. I don't like you. Out of nowhere. And I'm just like, um, I was like, I'm sorry if I ever did anything to hurt you. That was never my intention. Like, and she came back with, well, we're just in different spaces of our lives. And like, you have your family and your kid and I have no one now. And I just feel like there's nothing for us to base a friendship off of. And I'm just like, well, we were friends before either of us were married. Either of us had kids. I was still your friend when you were married and I wasn't. Like, our friendship isn't based off of what we have but who we are. And things like that. Like, I just, I'm done. Like, I just can't. I think it's really important for friends of people with social anxiety to know, too, that, like, I'm not ignoring your texts because I don't like you or I don't want to talk to you. I just may be in a space where I can't. And I'm not messaging you five times in a row because, like, I don't know. It's because I'm anxious and it's because, like, if you don't respond, I'm worried something has happened to you. Like, I'm worried you have died. I'm worried you've gotten in a car crash. I'm worried you are hurt. I'm worried you're in a ditch somewhere. Like, I'm... I'm trying to make sure you're okay and I'm just anxious and I feel like myself because I have anxiety and because I know you have anxiety like that two weeks or whatever where like I didn't talk to like it was so hard yeah and it was so hard for me but every time that you text me like I forced myself to text you back because I know what it's like if someone doesn't text but like everyone else I was like you don't you don't know like you know and what I mean like I I'll text you the next day <laughs> I texted you less than I normally would yeah. because I knew you weren't doing well but I was very and I was conscious. like oh my god yeah I was very conscious about the fact really that weird. I was like on my to-do list is like priority one text Catherine back within like 30 minutes if I'm like awake you know mm-hmm. but then everyone else I'm like text them back within like 24 hours like it's fine like you know, whatever. Or, like, if I'm really, like, like you have my mother's phone number or whatever. You yeah. know, like, if I was really, like, struggling or something or you really hadn't heard from me, you could call her and she would, you know, I don't know, fly a drone over my house to make sure that I was still okay. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Jack. I was just looking to see what the comments were. Um, and I think my mom and some other people liked the video. Aw, your mom's so sweet. Last time, the, the whole reason we're doing Facebook Live now, and in addition to the podcast, is because usually we have like 8 to 10 people listen to our podcast, but last time we did a Facebook Live video, and um, there 210 people ended up watching it. Ew, friends like that are the worst. Who? She said, I had a quote, friend like that. We had been friends for 30 years. One day she just said, we can't be friends anymore. You are toxic to me. I was like, really? That's really sad. I'm sorry that happened to you. Okay, here we go. Here's a good question. What are your tips for learning to drive? I'm 18 and I still don't have my license because I get so anxious. Ooh, that's a really good one. I feel like, honestly, as someone who has really severe driving anxiety, like, you just have to do it. Like you have to practice. You have to practice and practice like, in parking lots. Exactly. Like I live in a neighborhood and like for a long time I would drive literally around the block and that was all I could do. But that was still going out and doing it. And you can put things in your car, like have a box with like a bag in case you throw up or an extra change of clothes in case you get sick. 
or like I have peppermint candies because the peppermint calms me down things like that where it's kind of like an adult security blanket and they have essential oil diffusers that you can put like in your car in the cigarette lighter now too and that may be really helpful if you put some lavender and vanilla or just lavender or lemongrass lemongrass smells like pledge um but yeah i think that it's one of those things that's kind of where i got to at a point i was like at the time i was like 26 and like i'm 26 years old and i have a child and I can't drive, like, what am I doing? And I had to just force myself. I was like, I don't want to not be able to take my kid to school. Or, like, I don't want to not be able to go see my friend if she needs me or go if to the grocery the hospital. store. Yeah, see? I, <laughs> that was one of my first real big trips that was somewhere that I wouldn't normally go to was coming to see you up at the hospital. Which was so fun. It was fun. Rylan had a great time. (laughs) Rylan did. So while I was in the hospital that day that Joanne and Rylan came to visit me, there was a patient that the nurses called excitable. And so they stuck us in the room where, like, we had snack and stuff and wouldn't let Joanne and Rylan exit back the way they came in where people normally exited because this person was so excitable. I mean, Rylan would have been... He was having himself a good old time. <laughs> he loves you. He loves seeing you, your mm-hmm. mom, your dad. Um, On a side note, I took Rylan to the park today, and if Jack's still watching, he'll appreciate this. So I've been taking Rylan to the park every day, again, to get over like the anxiety thing, and we've been going kind of at the same time every day to get prepared for the fact that this fall I am going to have to take him to school so it's kind of been like the first thing we do in the morning is get up and go to the park and walk for like 30 minutes. And today, there were a ton of dogs out because it's been like the first nice day out. And so he, you know, Rylan's like a dog hoarder. So he has to talk to everyone's dog and pet everyone's dogs. Um, and so when we're getting ready to leave, he's like, gosh, there's a lot of dogs here. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I don't have time for all these dogs except River. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, only River? What about Luna? He's like, not Luna. But then he's like, but Quincy. Quincy's cute, and he's little. And I always got time for some Quincy. You should know that Luna is his dog. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, he's like, "Um, we saw a woman that had three dogs, and they were all, like, babies, and they were all the same breed of dog. And he's like, wow, look at those three puppies. I wish I had three puppies. And I was like, oh, like, Luna, who's your dog at home? And he's like, yeah, but I'd rather have three puppies. So this is from a blog post that uh, I did last week on anxiety. Anxiety is defined by Merriam-Webster as an abnormal and overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear, often marked by physical signs such as tension, sweating, and increased pulse rate, by doubt concerning the reality and nature of the threat, and by self-doubt about one's capacity to cope with it, or mentally distressing concern or interest. So anxiety comes from having a mixed up fight, flight, or freeze response. So where normal people might see something as a normal experience, like a thunderstorm. There are people who enjoy thunderstorms. When thunderstorms happen, my body thinks that the world is trying to kill me and I go into fight, flight, or freeze or have a panic attack. That happens sometimes too. Um, Everyone experiences some anxiety and fear sometimes. Um... But we're mostly concerned, obviously, with the anxiety disorders because we're all about the mental health stuff. 
the DSM-5, which is like the psychiatry Bible, the psychology Bible, says anxiety disorders differ from developmentally normative fear or anxiety by being excessive or persisting beyond developmentally appropriate periods, which means um, it's anxiety that's long lasting and disruptive to a person's life. And we often overestimate the amount of danger that we're in by like a lot. Um, what were you just like? La- what, what did Ryland do? <laughs> Before you got here, so my mom for Easter bought Rylan one of those things where you put it in water and it grows. You know what I'm talking about? It's like mm-hmm. a lizard or whatever. And he loves like throwing his toys in the water, but the water's kind of like slimy. I don't know. It's gross. So before you got here, I was like, I'm going to give you like a little water bin so you can play with all your little toys in the clean water while Catherine's here and that way you can mm-hmm. be quiet or whatever. And so it's like, I mean, it's like a bin that you put like leftover food in and it's got like a quarter of an inch of water and just now I'm like oh my god what if he drowned <laughs> so funny not funny <laughs> funny not funny uh what if my five-year-old stuck his head in a tupperware container with a quarter of an inch of water in it and drowned oh also on the blog post if you want to know about generalized anxiety disorder there's a really great video linked at the bottom by katie morton um i really like her she does a lot of videos about psychiatry and mental health and mental illness. And her video is really good. I'm trying to look and see if we had any TED Talks. Yeah, there's one by a Anisha Bat, And it's called Anxiety, a Cancer of the Mind. That's really good, too. Oh, hold on. Jack said something else. River, stay. Uh-uh. Stay. Ha, 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 Shout out for Quincy. Everyone always says that for Quincy. He's, like, obsessed with Quincy. I'm yes. going to end up getting... Can we talk about Rylan's anxiety? Oh, yeah. Rylan, like... So... First of all, Rylan is... Five. Five, five and a half. Five yeah. and a half. So, last year, <laughs> when we went to Florida, it's like the sunshine state. So, you know... You cross the border and within a mile, it's like, oh, here's a thunderstorm. And so we're going like 70 miles an hour on the interstate and I'm like trying to keep my shit together because, you know, everyone knows that it wasn't together, but I'm like, I'm just going to close my eyes. Well, all of a sudden, Ryland started freaking out in the back of the car. He was like, we're going to die. Like, this isn't okay. I want it to stop raining. And then he started screaming about, we had to pull over the car, pull over the car. Well, this year... When we went back to Florida, back in February, Ryan was, like, so upset about, he was like, we're going to go shooting off the highway, like, daddy's going to crash because it's going to rain and I don't want to be in the car when it rains. And now every time he's in the car when it rains, he starts crying and freaking out. And just recently, um, struggles are real. I took him on Monday to register for kindergarten registration and they were on spring break. So, FYI, if you're a principal, like, put your school spring break on your school calendar online. Um, so, I have to take him back Monday, so I can be anxious about that again. But all of a sudden, he started telling me about how, like, he doesn't want to go to school anymore, and, like, he's afraid that the other kids aren't going to like him, or that someone's going to be mean to him. And, like, it's so hard for me to be like, you have to go, because I want to be like, you know, I want to protect him and I want him to not feel that way. But I also know that, like, he has to go. That's a part of life. 
he has to learn those lessons. But then the mentally ill inside of me is saying, no, like, keep him home. Don't let him feel like that. And it's just such, like, a balancing struggle for me. He also lines up his cars and his toys <laughs> in a particular order and will not, like, gets very upset. Yeah, if you them. accidentally, like, he's really bad right now about he got these plastic dinosaurs from the Easter Bunny, but he'll line them up across the kitchen floor. And so I tend to, like, accidentally bump into them while I'm cooking and, like, he... If he catches you doing it, like, he will freak out and he will tell you that, like, you have to be the one to put them back. And then he will watch you like a hawk to do it. And then, like, at night now, like, he doesn't sleep in his bed anymore. He sleeps in the bed with me. But, like, he lines his little Pokemon stuffies up and then he, like, neatly folds the blanket on top of them. And, like, you can't, like, talk to them, touch them, anything. Like, once he says goodnight to them, that's it. Like... They're done. Yeah, they're done. And then he goes and gets them in the morning. But yeah, he's very, he definitely picked up some OCD tendencies. Yeah. And anxiety definitely runs my family. If you're in my family and you're watching this and you think you're not anxious, you're wrong. <laughs> you are incorrect. You are incorrect. <laughs> um, mom and dad have really bad anxiety. Dad tries to pretend like he doesn't and like it's all mom, but it's both of them. Mm, that's like the man I just did my presentation yesterday we were talking about um, how greater resources for mental health in the fire service would reduce um, firefighter suicide and promote like a more mental well-being overall and one of the things that we talked about was how it's so hard for guys to like Admit. Admit and mm -hmm. just, like, want to... Because I feel like, even for myself, like, once I wrote my blog post and it was public, like, it felt like this huge weight, but it's just, like, getting to that point where you're, like, maybe I should talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And it's just so hard to, like, push yourself to get to that point. I had a vulnerability hangover today because on my personal blog last night, I don't know if you saw it, but I posted this I thing that we did while I was in the intensive outpatient program, and it's like the intervention letter from intervention, but you write it to yourself about your negative core beliefs. That is at www.accioadventure.com. Um, with two C's. With two C's. A-C-C-I-O, adventure.com. Um, but I posted it, and it was just, it was straight from my journal, I hadn't uh, edited it or taken anything out of it, and I was just really, really nervous about it. And all day today, I've just been, like, kind of freaking out about it. But my mom tells me that it was a good one. So well, she was like, it's okay. Mother knows best. I love that your mom is so, like, she reads everything that we write. Mm -hmm. She listens to everything that we record. And she already leave. liked this post. Yeah, she always leaves such nice comments. Okay. What else have we got on anxiety? I don't know. That makes me. It makes you anxious. anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But again, going back, being anxious, well, being nervous is like natural. It's a part of life. So, like, if you're going to take a test and you get nervous, or you're gonna go speak in front of someone and you get a little nervous, like that is normal. Don't start like 
you know, freaking out. Conversely, if someone tells you they have anxiety, don't think it's the same thing as that. Yeah, don't say, oh, no, you don't. Oh, it's no, just... I feel that, too. Because, like, I have test anxiety, and people are like, oh, well, everyone gets anxious, which is, no, I physically get sick and vomit for days beforehand, and someone has to, like, you, drive me to wherever I'm taking the test to so I can throw up in the car on the way there. Like, there's... Not literally in the car. Yeah, like, you know. Pull over. Yeah. Stop. You know. Or that bag in my purse. Yes. The bag in the purse. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, no, we're still fine. Oh. We're still good. Yay. Um, there was something else I wanted to touch on. Please don't touch me. It makes me anxious. (laughs) That's another thing. Like, with anxiety, like, for me personally, like, sometimes I want, like, the comfort of a hug. And, like, sometimes when I see we have those big, long hugs. And then other times I'm like, nobody touch me. Like, don't come near me. I don't want to, like, be around people. And it's really nothing personal. It's just... The thought of, like, having to, like, be a human and interact just makes that anxiety so much worse. Some days I only leave my room to go, like, to the bathroom and downstairs to get something to eat. Because I don't want to interact with I have else. snacks in my room, so I only have to go get <laughs> to eat. So you only have to leave for the bathroom? Yeah. Um, book? Movie? This? So, oh, so the book of the month is Don't Panic by Reed Wilson. And we're going to talk about that next week. Yeah. Read it. I'm going to read it, too, because I haven't read it yet. I haven't either. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) I've been too anxious to read it. (laughs) We've had other things going on. So the reason that our podcast was uh, a week late this month is because we both had family members who were quite ill, Um, which also created some anxiety. Yeah. And then I had anxiety for this class. And now I'm anxious because I know, like, this time next year I'm going to be going through the same anxiety over the same thing. And probably angry that you went through the anxiety in the first place when it was now I know. When I called this poor woman at AB Tech, she was so nice to me, but I was so (laughs) mad. I was like, um, so how come this isn't listed on your website? How come no one told me? How come this, that, and the other? And she was so nice, and she was so helpful to me. But it was so frustrating, because I had spent two weeks or whatever being sick and so anxious. over. Like, I was, poor Josh, I was driving him crazy every day, like two or three times a day. I was like, well, what if I can't do it? What if I get sick on the way there? What if this happens? Well, I'm just going to leave three hours early (laughs) to drive the 30 minutes there. And then I'll just spend two and a half hours studying or taking yoga photos on campus or something. I'm trying to see if I can, like, read questions, if there are questions. Here, let me look. I don't think anyone else... If you have questions, pop them up on Instagram, and I'll read them. There's nothing on our on Facebook. I don't think I think I got everything that was on Instagram. I don't even know how to get to it on Instagram. 
Okay. So I think that's pretty much all we had to say about anxiety. And we talked about a lot of other stuff today, too. Yeah, I'm going to end. Oh, FYI, for anyone that's still listening on Instagram, tomorrow. Oh, I'm so out of breath. You are. <laughs> I'm so anxious. Why? What are you anxious about right I don't now? Know. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Tips for dealing with the anxiety. Yeah. Because yeah. I have no idea. Like, that's the thing. Okay. That's how I truly know, like, when before I got diagnosed, that's how I truly knew that I had anxiety was moments like this. Because I am so anxious over absolutely nothing. Like, I mm-hmm. couldn't even tell you. Like, normally I'd be able to, oh, let's yeah. go on Instagram Live. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. It's over nothing. It's over nothing. What were you going to tell them and then we'll talk oh, about? I'll be on Instagram Live again tomorrow morning. On Illuminated by You or on? On mine. Here. I'm going to do some meditation um, and some breathing exercises and then, like, some slow-flowing, um, like, restorative supine stuff. So, you can tune into that. Okay, so I wanted to talk about tips for dealing with anxiety when it happens. And one of my favorite things to do is a grounding exercise based on your senses so you do like one thing you can taste two things you can smell three things you can hear four things you can touch and five things you can see and I just keep doing that over and over and over again until I start to calm down I also like to take deep breaths so I do in through my nose two three hold two three out through my mouth two three And journaling really, really helps me with my anxiety. Like, if I get it down, if I write it down and get it out, that's very helpful to me. What helps you? Um, I like to unplug from technology. I actually delete all of, um, like, my apps on my phone. They're, like, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, if I'm super anxious. And I try to, like, reground in the present with my family. Um, And then a couple times... On mindful money. I'm so anxious right now. A couple times. Do you want to do a breathing exercise? No, that's okay. okay. Um, a couple times I've talked about on um, Mindful Monday about coming up with your own personal mantra, which is just like a one to five word kind of little saying that you can say over and over and over again when you're anxious. So like mine is I trust me. So when I get really anxious, I'll kind of just close my eyes, take a couple of deep breaths, like Catherine said, and then kind of in my mind, just repeat my mantra over and over. I have, um, or I used to, I guess I don't anymore. I had guided meditations on my phone. Oh yeah, there's a lot of really good Google, Google search guided meditations, and it'll bring up a bunch of really good and free um, and also, I have a friend on Instagram. Um, he does one every night, right? Well, not anymore, but this is a different girl. Her name is Lindsay. I'm going to screenshot her and put her up on our Instagram. Oh, you. Yeah, she does a lot. She'll go live a lot and talk about, she'll either do guided meditations or she'll talk about where you can get them for free Um, which ones that she utilizes and she does a lot of like holistic approaches to mental health and again we are not doctors um but 
if you feel like you're suffering from anxiety and you feel like that's something that applies to you, you may want to talk to your primary care physician about it or make an appointment with a therapist. And if insurance or money is a problem, most places have like a low cost or free or sliding scale clinic. Like I know here in Asheville, we have the Minnie Jones Center, which does physical health and mental health. Um, And I think they do a few, like, I think they do dentistry and stuff too. I'm not really sure. Um, And then there are other places that do sliding scale fees as well. So if that's an issue for you, um, there's still ways that you can get the help that you need. Um, There's a lot of, I know when I originally went to my primary care doctor, he had made suggestions for a lot of local area people who did, like, if you're interested in something like yoga, meditation, anything like that, you can find someone that puts the two of them together. So, Mm -hmm. like, I saw a woman, his wife, actually, who does um, mix uh, mental health awareness, calming anxiety, all of that in with yoga. And it was, like, really reasonably. I would really love to do that. Yeah. Can we should plan yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. I keep telling... I need to... I need to just come over to your house because I keep telling your mom. My mom really wants yeah. to do that. Okay. So, I think that we have about exhausted the topic. We're at 52 minutes and 26 seconds. So, I think that uh, that's where we'll sign off for today. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I feel like anymore and we'll both get anxious yeah. <laughs> for the length of our podcast. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching us on Facebook Live and on Instagram. And remember our book, um, Don't Panic. It'll be on our next podcast. Yes. We'll have something to say about it. Bye, guys. The intro, outro, and transition music used in this and all episodes is Looking Back by Lee Rosevere.